0: to you misguided fathers today. If you're not a father, you soon hopefully will be. If you're already through the child-rearing days, we'll deal with some of the things that face you as well. But in Proverbs chapter 4, we'll look there, and then we're going to go to the book of uh, Psalms 127 and 128. But Proverbs 4 says to us, verse 1, My children, listen to me. How many times have your parents ever told you to listen? Listen to your father's instruction. Pay attention to him and grow wise. For I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my teaching. For I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother as an only child. I want to know today. How many only children or only, uh, well, that's the way to put it. Only children here today. Raise your hand. If you're the only child coming up in your family, raise your hand. Keep them up. We don't have that many. Let me tell you something. When it comes down to inheritance time, you got it made. Anyway, let me get back to the sermon. My father told me. Take my words to heart. Follow my instructions, and you'll live. You ever had a kid, uh, a parent tell you if you don't listen what I, what I say, I'm gonna kill you. I brought you into this world. I'll take you out. If you hadn't heard that, your fortune. But anyway, learn to be wise and develop good judgment. Don't forget or turn away from my words. Go to Psalm 127. Verse 3. Children are a gift from God. Y'all believe that? You know, sometimes it gets challenged. Y'all can remember that, right? If you've had kids and they're already gone. Hey, look. They'll test it. Children, I believe, are a gift from God. They are a reward from God. Children born to a young man are like sharp arrows in the warrior's hand. How happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. I've got a pastor friend that took this. He he, he made this happen. You know how many is in a quiver? The Bible says that for a man, he ought to have a quiver full of children, not, not arrows. It ranges anywhere, depending on the, the theologian, from 10 to 13. Is there anybody in here that have 10 children right now? Raise your hand. If you have, I ain't met you. I could pick you out. My buddy Tony, 10 kids. And, and on top of that, listen to this, educators. Didi, his wife, taught them all at home. How about that? And there's some smart kids, too. You're going to meet one who's going to come here and work with us this summer. He will not put, be put to shame when he confronts his accusers. At, look at, at the city gates. Look at verse uh, Psalms 128. Happy are those who fear the Lord, all who follow God's ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor and how happy you'll be and how rich your life will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine flourishing within your home. That is if you follow the Lord. And look at all those children. They are there, there they sit around your table as vigorous and healthy as a young olive tree. That is the Lord's reward for those who fear him. I like verse 6. It says, may you live to enjoy your grandchildren. That has happened to me. I may not make it after tonight, but I have lived to be able to be with my grandchildren. Now there are those some of you who may be here today that you have actually been able to see your great grand anybody like anybody here that have great grandchildren raise your hand got a few that is you know man that's that's what a blessing that you've been able to see your great grandchildren. Well, there was a survey taken among children who demonstrated. A positive self-esteem. Let me ask you something. Does your kids, does your children look at life on the positive or do they look at it on the negative? One, one survey said 95% of the boys said that their fathers who had positive self-esteem told them on a constant basis, I love you. Dads, Have you told your boys lately, I don't care how old they are, I love you. You see, my dad was short on that. As a matter of fact, I begged my dad to say, Dad, Mike, I love you. Why is that so important? Because it's a sense of Security. It's a sense of you feeling like you're measuring up. It's a sense that my daddy thinks I'm significant. He thinks I'm important. He loves me. Man, did you know I used to beg my daddy just to call me on the phone? Do you know he never did? But if I were to say, Dad, why don't you call me on the phone? He said, I call you all the time. I said, have you lost your mind? You've never called me. But your mother has. Who do you think got her to call you? I said, that's not good enough. I want to hear your voice, Daddy. And I want you to call me. Now, how old were you wanting that when I was about 40? never did. Ladies and gentlemen, men, I'm telling you, your kids need to hear from you. And your dad, you dads, you need to be frequent of telling your boys. I don't care how old they are. You love them. You know, sometimes I'm on the short end of that stick, but I didn't have it modeled to me. And it, and it's and I have to I have to work on that. Hey Josh, I love you. Hey Joe, I love you. But now I tell my grandkids, matter of fact, the kids will be over and we're having our little get together and all of a sudden the guys will look at me and say, "I'm here. I'm here." And I'm over with the grandkids. It's all about the grandkids. I am your boy. Y'all ain't face that like you know what I'm talking about, right? If you don't, you will when you grow up. Ninety-one percent of the kids said their parents played games with them. Ninety-four percent said that the fathers attended athletic events. Ninety-seven percent said that the boys said they got hugs from their dad. Do you know how important it is? Now, look, dads, listen to me. Gosh, you better hear this because you're preparing your daughters for their future husbands. Don't. Shy way of hugging those girls, giving them a dad kiss on the cheek, and telling them you love them. But don't forget, your sons need that too. They need that embracement. They need that hug from dad. 100% 100% of the girls said that they got hugs from both mom and dad. And from the survey, the importance of the survey was that uh, we, the importance of strong moms and strong dads when it comes to showing a connection that you love them. Some of you parents, I know how you are. Kid, sit down, and shut up. You better straighten up. Then, then when they do right, they don't hear from you. So they grow up thinking, if Daddy don't say nothing, I must be doing okay. As long as we keep Daddy quiet. So you grow up, and you and Mom try to figure out how to shut up Dad. We don't want to upset him. Come on. That's not right. But Dad, you are sometimes guilty of that because you only, they only hear from you when you're barking orders. I need to hear that positive side from you too. Now let's face it, guys. I have to admit that I do not feel like when it comes to Mother's Day and Father's Day that we get the upper hand. I know we don't. I, I, I now my mom, my wife does good because, man, that she had her grandkids over here yesterday. Some of them over at the house yesterday. And, And she said, come out and get your Father's Day gift. I go, why you get me a Father's Day gift? I'm not your father. She said, because you're a dad. Now, for a moment, it took me, it was a suitcase, and it scared me there for a minute. I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm being asked to leave. But then I realized, no, I've been asking for one of them. And my grandkids said, "Open it up, open it up." I said, "That's fine." I already knew there's a couple of things in it, but I just played it off. I, I ain't open that thing up. Well, all the dad stuff. Your hair makes your hair right because my hair gets so thin. You got to have the right kind of shampoo. You got to have the right smelling sauce, perfume, cologne, and and all that other stuff. But I've gotten to where. I let my wife buy my blue jeans because if I buy them, it looks like four or five people can get in them. And, and so she said, you need to get with a, the with a style. And I said, well, I don't know much about that because all these years, prior to a few years back, I wore a suit and tie every Sunday. And, and some of you are going, I wish you'd wear it because that's what a preacher is supposed to do, wear a coat and tie. Well, I don't wear one when I'm plowing the garden. I don't wear a suit and tie when I go to bed. But now I wear a suit and tie when I'm doing a funeral and a wedding. Unless you ask me not to. I'm talking about a wedding. I'm going to wear a suit and tie to a funeral, I guess, until I die. But let's face it. When it comes to Father's Day, I think we get the short end of the stick. Eight, it is said that when it comes to what is spent on Father's Day, in the, in the United States there's eight billion dollars spent but when it comes to mother's Day ten point ten point four three billion dollars is spent and I'm going what's wrong with this the average father's day gift is forty two dollars would you pay well, anyway the average cost of mother's day is sixty three dollars For some reason or another, we do more for mamas than we do daddies. Now, when it comes to the Bible, I just want to make this plain that the Scripture is clear that the daddies are the spiritual leaders of the home. Stop, Mike. Correct something. Ladies, if you're the only parent in the home, I'm not getting on to you. You probably can't help it. And I'm not trying to make you feel like a second-rate citizen. But when it comes to the biblical pattern and and, and goal and, and the prototype, I have to preach what he says it should be. And the Bible says he made man first, and then he made a woman And then he told that man and woman to go and procreate and to have a quiver full of kids. Unfortunately, we're living in a society where only one out of five families have a father in it. Could that be why we have such a low self picture of respect because daddies will give their kids up. I'm, again, some of you daddies have not given your kids up. And so I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying we're living in a world where the family is disappearing. And the daddies are are no longer involved with the, with the kids and the family on the majority statistically wise. Now, in this church, I, I look, I watch some of you daddies. Y'all do some good jobs. I like how you love your kids and you spend time with your kids, but but don't substitute just time. Understand, they also need to learn about Jesus through you guys. My grandkids, I told my boys about Jesus, now I'm telling my grandkids, and I want them to know as much as I can give them and as much as they can receive as long as I'm living that they did, They that they'll have a legacy that Papa told me about Jesus. I don't. You, we hear this about sing it all the time. Mama told me about Jesus. Well, what about Papa? I always get. What about Papa? Where was he? There is no place where salvation is proved or disproved more than in the home. Gosh, Jody, i done done it again. I got way too many points. Uh, let me just run through them real quick. I wanted to use the father as a cross What first letters in the word for father? Kids, F. Yeah. That stands for faithfulness. What does faithfulness mean? Number one, faithfulness is where we are faithful to love our families, love our wives, to lead our kids, faithful to to be there. And to look, being the head of your home is not a reward, it's a responsibility. You and I are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of our house. We're not supposed to leave that up to the wives or the women. Our kids need to hear about the Lord from us. Amen, guys? Well, then let's get busy. I'm talking about guys' grandpas, guys' fathers. We need to tell them. James Dobson said the Western world stands at a great crossroad in its history. It's his opinion that the very survival as people will will depend upon the presence or absence of the masculine leadership in millions of homes. He said, I believe with everything within me that husbands hold the key to the preservation of the family. And, And the sad thing about it is our world is indicating so much something greater and that is the father is disappearing. One small boy's definition of Father's Day is it's just like Mother's Day, only you don't spend as much. One child said, Mommy, if the stork brings the babies and Santa Claus brings the presents and the Lord gives us our daily bread and Uncle Sam provides us with Social Security, why are we keeping Daddy around for? And see, there are a lot... Of situations where the wife is contemplating, hey, fella, you need to leave. I believe as men, we should say, I am a child of God. I'm a father, not because I'm qualified, but because I have children. I need to rely on God to help me be the father that He wants me to be. I need to have confidence in the fact that I'm not perfect, but I'm forgiven. I do not need to walk around defeated because I am forgiven and called to be victorious. I can only expect my child, children to believe in the behavior that I model. Now, if your kids grow up, guys, modeling you, what kind of model are they going to follow? What kind of life are they going to live? Number two, eight affirmation. Dads should be encouragers. Colossians 3.21 says, we're not to provoke our children or, or embitter our children, with, which leads to discouragement. From the cradle to the grave, there should be a de- deep craving uh, for you and I to let those kids know they're appreciated. How many of you with your kids... Go to have been to the ballparks and watch them play ball all their life. Okay. Well, listen to this. This happened, and I know Cindy's thought somewhat of the same thing. Joe or Josh standing at the plate with hearts pounding fast. The bases are loaded and the die has been cast. Mom and dad can't help him. He stands all alone. A hit at this moment would send the team home. The ball meets the plate, and he swings and he misses. There's a groan from the crowd, and with some boos and some hisses, a thoughtless voice cries, strike out that bum. Tears fill his eyes, the game's no longer fun. So open your heart and give him a break, for it's in moments like this that a man you can make Please keep him in mind when you hear someone forget, right now, he's just a little boy, and he's not a man yet. How many times have you, yourself or with your kids, seen your child get in a situation where you didn't know what to do? Now, listen. Sometimes that has to happen. Why? So we can begin the process of emotional, psychological, spiritual growth. You cannot protect your child from ever fall. You cannot protect your child from every word that he hears. He'll eventually say them so you'll know he's hearing them. He's either hearing them from you or at school. But one thing I've learned about little kids, they do they they're like little walking tape recorders. They're not only going to say what they hear, but they're going to repeat what they see. If you're a Sunday school teacher and you want to know what's going on in a person's home, all you got to do is ask. Cuz those little kids are going to tell it. Well, I believe that each child is a gifted t- creation from God, and I believe God has done a beautiful job of designing your kids. And God has established a plan whereby we can discover our y- children's unique design and become God's partner in developing that child's potential together. And that's what we should do as dads. And I know that's what your mom, your you moms want to do. But all too often, kids grow up. Emotionally crippled by adults, and we carry that in to our relationships as we get older. Strong-willed women who feel like they're Gestapo, and they, they raise their kids like sergeants in the army with no emotional attachment whatsoever, and that kid grows up, and they don't know how to act. Don't be afraid. To be transparent with your kids. Now, your kids are not your buddies. They're not going to be your best friends. you get your feelings hurt if you expect your boys to be your best friends because they're going to have others that be best friends. But you need to connect. You need to be there and understand what they're going through the best you can all the way through. Thirdly, T is for time. Time is critical. Children are faced with the greatest challenges of ever in all human history. Time is a choice, and we need to choose how we're going to spend that time. And you need to build in some time. I hear a lot of people say, well, just gonna, I, can't, I can't work at the church because I don't have time. Well, I can't do this for Jesus because I don't have time. Well, listen, there is no excuse, no excuse for you daddies to tell your wives you don't have time for either them or your kids. That is your responsibility as a father, as a man, that you have to give that time. You have to make that time happen. Everybody's got the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. It's funny how, and I'm about as bad about it as anybody, but if I want to go fishing, I make time. Man, if I want to go out messing with my bird dogs, I make time. It might be 4.30 in the morning. It might be early, but I make the time to get it done. There are little eyes upon you, and they're watching night and day. There are little ears that quickly take in every word you say. There are little hands all eager to do everything you do. And a little boy who's dreaming of that day, he'll be just like you. You're little fella's idol. You're the little fella's idol. You're the wisest of the wise. In his little mind about you, no suspicions should ever rise. He believes in you devoutly. He holds that all that you say and do. He will say and do in your way when he's grown up to be just like you. There's a wide-eyed little fella who believes you're always right. And his ears are always open and he watches day and night. You're setting an example every day in all that you do for the little boy who's watching you to grow up because he wants to be just like you. By the way, that goes for the little girls too. They're watching dads. They're watching moms. Yeah, I know it's overwhelming. And I know it's not easy to be a mom or a dad or even a grandparent not easy. I've shared this illustration before, but it kind of describes what we go through. In a supermarket, there was this man pushing a screaming baby. You, You don't see that much, or when I was coming up, but you see it all the time now. And as that man proceeded down the aisle, he kept repeating softly, keep calm, George. Don't get excited, George. Don't scream, George. And a lady watching with great admiration said to him, you are, you are to be commended. You have more patience. I've never seen anybody go as far as you do trying to keep little George quiet. She said, ma'am, I am little George. <laughs> Parenting can be overwhelming. And for you that have raised them and are raising them, Sometimes it just pushes your buttons and stretches you to the to the limit. It can be overwhelming. You know, in 1940, school teachers were asked to put down and describe the top disciplinary problems in school. Guess what they were in 1940? Talking. Ooh, that's awful. <laughs> Chewing gum. Making noise. Wonder what kind of noises running in the halls, wearing improper clothing. Well, that's better than not having any at all on today. Well, let's get back to that. No putting waste paper in a waste paper basket. Boy, that's some serious crimes. Amen? Well, what about 1980? Same teachers said, what are the top disciplinary problems in the modern-day world of the 80s? Rape, robbery, assault. Burglary, arson, bombing, and murder. Do you think in the year 2000 it's gotten better? I don't. And it's not going to get any better until Jesus comes. So we've got a, a, a awesome task of rearing our kids up in a godly environment. H is happiness. There are more of you that have more gadgets in your home than anybody I know. H is happiness, Jody. My four-year-old little, how old is Stella? She's four or five. She's five now. I found my old iPad. Actually, I bought one when Lanny and Terry bought one, and we all got one together about 10 years ago. First of all, I didn't know what an iPad was. I knew what a computer was, but I didn't know how to use it. It was an Apple, and I had the other kind. So anyway, I had it all these years, and so I got to looking at it, and I said, Stella, come over here and sit down with me a minute. She said, okay. What do you want, Papa? How do you, how do you, fa-? now I know y'all going to think I'm bum dumb, and I am when it comes to what I'm talking about. I said, I don't know how to FaceTime. I said, could you show me how to do that?" Oh, give me that thing. And then, that's right, Logan helped me. And all of a sudden, those two between Stella and Logan, they got me FaceTiming. <laughs> but they guess what? They love to do it too. And guess who I get to talk to? My grandkids. I mean, when they go on vacation, you just hit a button, and if they got by their if they're by, by Wi-Fi, I get to talk to them. Don't cost them anything, don't cost me nothing. You know, some of you. We'll, we'll sit and fuss at those things, and there's a lot to fuss at them about, but if you use it to keep a connection with your kids, my goodness, what's wrong with that? We've got all these gadgets, but it seems like there's less happiness in homes today than ever before. Can I ask you all a question? Is your home full of happiness, or is it sadness? Is your home full of peace and tranquility or turmoil? And division. What's your home like? I mean, got all these guys. Ga- somebody told me another thing. The answer to all our problems is education. Are you real? Are you really thinking education is doing it? Because we're getting worse, and we're smarter than any generation. Five-year-old show an old man how to FaceTime. i tell you what I like about it. I wished I'd have had it, parents, when I was bringing up my teens. I'd have got GPS. And, buddy, I'd have had it on my phone. That way, wherever you are, some of you got it. I know because I've been watching you on your parents' GPS, watching you where you go. Just kidding. But I love that feature. And if my grand, if my sons don't put that on them when they get older, and you, some of your parents go, well, I trust my kids. You're a dummy. You're a dummy. You big dummy. I love my kids, but I never trusted my kids when it come to the car keys and where they were going. I just wished I'd had GPS. <laughs> Use that stuff. You say, you mean to tell me your parents ought to do that? If you don't, you give them to the world. Satan's after them. Go ahead. But I wouldn't because you wouldn't put on this earth until they say it's time to go, not to be involved in the discipline and the rearing of your children. I actually heard a parent one time told me, now you're talking about an old redneck country boy from Tennessee. I just don't believe you should go into the child's room because that child has all the privacy in the world. I said, not in my house. Heck, when they left, we were going through drawers under cabinets. We were all under the beds. We were tearing the beds apart, and we found some stuff. (laughs) And you know what? They're going to do the same thing because they ain't dumb. Mm-mm. You're supposed to be smarter than your kids until they leave, and then you just pray, "Oh Lord, help them, Jesus, but and help me go to sleep, knowing they're going to be all right." E is energy. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way that should go, and when old, they old, it will not depart from it. A parent's awesome task is training them. Train them in the wrong way, and you can prepare yourself for a life of grief. Train them in the right way, and you'll expect the rewards of faithful parenting. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, Thou shalt teach them diligently unto the children, and shalt talk to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down. I'm going to tell you something, that takes energy. It took, I mean... You're right, I know, I wasn't, I, I'm not the perfect husband, I wasn't the perfect father, but my wife was the perfect wife. And I'm telling you right now, that woman made sure they, they stayed in the Bible. Now, I should have been there, and I should have been doing it, and there were oftentimes I did, especially they got busted. I made them learn why they got busted from a biblical point of view. Make sense? Thank you. <laughs> Teach them why they're young. They get it for some reason. And then R, respond. Proverbs 23, 13, 14, "...withhold not correction from your child, for if you beat him with a rod, he shall not die. You'll go to jail, but he won't die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod, and you'll deliver his soul from hell." The facts will have your hide, but I often say, take a rubber hose. It don't leave marks, but don't do that. I'm just kidding. You can, you can train your children. You can discipline your kids, and you don't have to leave marks. My grandmother needed to hear that when I was young. You ever heard about, you know, in most houses, you have switches everywhere, well, the only thing my grandmother had switches not only in the house; she had bushes on the outside. And when this old boy now, I can't do my grandkids that I'm gonna spoil them, send them home. Don't even don't even make me go there. I got my legs tore up so bad they were bleeding. I wished I'd have known something about defects. I'd have had my grandmother committed. But that woman loved me, but she'd beat the living tar out of me. I scared of her. I mean, when you turn around and you got blood running down your leg, she can't tell me it hurts her more than it hurts me because I'm the one bleeding, <laughs> not you, woman. I was afraid to tell my dad because then the, my tail would have been tore up. Because he loved the belt more than I did. Billy Graham described it one time for his... I wondered how, how Billy Graham disciplined his kids. You know, because you don't... Him and Ruth, you don't imagine those kids being rowdy, but according to this illustration, one of them was. He described his 2-year-old son. That's Franklin Graham. We kind of know him today. His 2-year-old son spit, spit at him in a fit of anger. Graham, Billy Graham said, I don't know where he learned such an ugly habit, but one thing I know for certain, if my boy grows up and chews tobacco, when he grows up, he'll swallow the juice because after what I did to him, he ain't never going to spit again. <laughs> after what my grandmother did to me, I, I'll tell you what, I probably did it again, but I didn't do it around her. I close with this. Did I get off? Yeah, I got it off. A pastor went to speak to some fourth graders on the topic of marriage. And he asked the question, does any of you know what God has has to say about marriage? Immediately, one of the little boys threw his hand up and he said, pastor called on. He said, sir. He said, all right. What does God have to say about marriage? Little boy said, Father. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I would not have it any other way. I love my boys. I love their their wives and my grandkids. And I'm going to tell you what. My wife couldn't be any better. You say, boy, you're building her up today. I need to. Not because I've done anything wrong, but she's, she's worth building up. Because I'll, I'll throw a lot of things out that make her don't look So great, and then I have to go and explain why I said that. But my wife is a good woman. She, I tell you what, she loves her boys, and you know what? They love her. They say that I, as I get older, they feel like they need to father me. You know what I'm talking about? Evidently, I'm going back to my childhood. I'm not acting uh, the same way that I expected them to act when they were coming up. I I guess something's happened to me, Mike. Yesterday, Joe and I was together, and and I finally went, Joe, stop. He said, why'd you do that? I said, it's either that or I'm thinking to slap you. Because he and I are so much alike, and now we're working together. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. And he sits over in his office, Lord, help me with my daddy. Something's happening to him. But we have a good time. And you know what? You ought to have a good time. It ought to be fun with your kids. It ought to be fun with your families. You ought to be happy. And remember, they're listening to everything you say. They're going to grow up and do everything you tell them to do until they see how dumb that was that you let them do. <laughs> They're going to model you. Remember that. Heads bowed nice.